0: You may be seated. Before we uh, jump in this morning, I just want to remind you, I believe tucked in the pew in front of you there, uh, you'll find some information regarding the Lottie Moon offering um, that uh, uh, goes toward, it's a special Gift that um, uh, is not part of our normal budget that uh, worked into our the budget of our, our congregation, but um, is uh, available to you if you 'd like to to give additional contributions to, uh, to go to uh, this goes for overseas missions and it 's a special Christmas offering um, to fill in uh, gaps uh, in the funding of missionaries and, and uh, especially through the Southern Baptist convention and uh, so the way it works is, uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Southern Baptist, uh, it, the way it works is, uh, we're a, a whole collection of, of self-governing, autonomous churches that are like-minded in our desire to reach the world with the gospel, and missions is a heart, uh, the heartbeat of of the Southern Baptist organization. That's really the the main vein that holds us all together. Uh, of course, we, we believe in our Lord and Savior. Our, our beliefs hold us together as well, but our desire to reach the nations and the peoples here um, in our own country are really the heartbeat of it. And, um, and, and so the Lottie Moon offering goes to, towards all those missionaries that are supported by the uh, who knows how many uh, churches like us that uh, collaborate together to reach the world. So that's available to you. And if you have any specific questions, Dan's the man over here, uh, Dan Gunderson, he's in the black flannel shirt there, he'll answer all your questions. Right, Dan? All right. Um, you know, singing that, uh, that, that last song together, and Star of Wonder, um, it, uh, and today we're going to be opening into Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 2. And... Um, and, and the star plays a prominent role. Um, the star that announced the birth of our Savior plays a prominent role in our passage this morning. And uh, I don't know any any fellow stargazers out there. I mean, not that I know what I'm really looking at. I just uh, I just am totally in awe when I when I look at the night sky. Um, whenever we can actually see those sparkling things uh, around here, it's a lot of cloudy nights, but. Uh, uh, whenever, whenever the, we catch a glimpse of the night sky, I'm just I'm infatuated with it. I mean, just thinking that it it blows my mind. Thinking that uh, you know, light uh, light travels very fast, and yet the light that we actually see uh, was radiating from that from its source many many generations and perhaps thousands of years ago. Doesn't that just blow your mind that the light we're taking in on this end left, the, left its source uh, maybe when the time Christ was born? That, isn't that fascinating? I mean, I'm just like blown away. And who is it that gets to enjoy all these details to the full? The Lord Himself. We get tiny glimpses of it. And yet, it is fully, fully within His uh, uh, view all the time. Well, I'm fascinated by the night sky, and there's something that is particularly fascinating uh, in this passage uh, with the star that announces the birth of Christ. And we're going to uh, look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And I'd like to just uh, uh, lead us off here um, in prayer. as we come to Your Word this morning in awe of what You have done for us in the in the bringing of your son here to this earth lord to ultimately to pay the price for our sin that we would have forgiveness and eternal life through him lord we ask that you would that you would allow us to just be in awe of what you have done and what you are yet doing as we like kellen said look forward to uh what is yet to be fulfilled in your return. That when you um, fulfill every, every single promise that is yet to be completed. So Lord, we look to you, our Savior and our Lord. We ask for you to lead us in the truth this morning, that you would be the interpreter for us of your own word, that we would have understanding and wisdom from it, and that we would live lives, uh, Lord, that, that announce your coming here to save us. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. Uh, there's there's a, a lot here that I kind of want to unpack a little bit in these first couple of verses before we move on. Um, this it says now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Uh, this was uh, perhaps as as late as two years after the birth of Jesus that we're talking about. Uh, we know that there has been some time that's passed. So so the uh, uh, while the while the manger scene typically captures the, the, the entirety of the birth account of Christ, uh, uh, it, it's highly unlikely that the wise men showed up at the scene um, following the shepherds here. So that, was, that would have been sometime afterwards, um, and, uh, <clears throat> but all still a part of really the announcement of, of the birth of our Savior. And uh, so as they as uh, the wise men here are coming from a foreign land uh, to Jerusalem. Uh, this was in the days here of, it says, Herod the king. Uh, and they come to him, they seek him out, because it, it would have been the thing to do really for them. Um, they're looking for who, the, the new king of the Jews. And so they go to the current uh, acting uh, king and say, where, where is he? And um, so they go to Herod in Jerusalem. And uh, this is a, a particularly interesting uh, exchange. And, and we see how Herod responds to it. Um, first of all, uh, they're called wise men or magi. Um, the term there really, these are, these are men who, um, it can, it can actually the term can refer to a variety of, uh, of, of kinds of, Disciplines and studying and uh, all of that 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 uh, this type of these type of men might do, but these are men who they study the skies they 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 study dreams and and their desire it seems is to to know and understand the world and to understand their times and so they were sought after for their wisdom and understanding and knowledge and and um, here something has. Piqued their uh, curiosity and 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 really captured their attention, and something unique that's happening um, in the in all of history. Really, these are very very um, knowledgeable men, and so they come to Jerusalem. They they come to Herod and say, "Where is this king that's been born, the king of the Jews? Because we saw his star." Now they come to Herod um, and ask for the king of the Jews. Now this is. Uh, an interesting question to bring to Herod, um, just a little backstory on Herod. Herod is appointed king of the Jews, appointed by Rome, so um, he is not the legitimate king of the Jews appointed by God, but the illegitimate king appointed by man, so um, in terms of of uh, the lineage that comes from God of rulers uh, of his people and uh, Herod, not only only is he probably a little self-conscious about that in his rule, but Herod is a, uh, historically what what we find is that uh, Herod is um, paranoid. He's a paranoid ruler. Uh, So much so that he actually killed his own wife and children to protect his throne. So that tells you something about Herod, that tells you something about his family because Uh, historical accounts actually say that had he not killed his wife and kids, they very likely would have tried to take the throne. So that tells you a little something about Herod, Herod's family. Um, And so when the wise men come saying, hey, where's the new king? Uh, You can see where Herod might have trouble with that one. And certainly we see that later on in this passage. Herod was a... uh, was known to be a ruthless, godless, conniving individual, and um, and so they come to him and say, "Hey, we've seen a star." Now, what I love about it is is what the how the wise men they don't just say, "Hey, we saw this star, and we th- we think there's something going on here that we're wanting to check out." They say, "We saw his star." It's like the star belongs to him. This is what is, I, I believe, so earth-shattering for the wise men is they recognize, um, and we'll get to why they were thinking this. Uh, now, part of the equation here is that I believe that, that it's the Spirit of God giving them wisdom and understanding of the time in which they're living and what this star actually means in light of biblical passages that they would have known. And we'll get to that in just a second. But... Um, but they they refer to it as his star. Now imagine, they're seeking the king of the Jews. Whenever has there been a king announced by the heavens? What king has ever come into this world where, where a star announced his arrival? The night sky announced his arrival. Now the wise men, they're very knowledgeable and they recognize this is a divine appointment. Um, I, don't, I don't know what their, their history is, what religious background they might have had at the time, but one thing is clear, God is using them to announce the birth of the Savior. God has appointed a, a, a star in the sky to announce the birth of the Savior, and they have had the wisdom and uh, the leadership, I think, by the, by the Spirit of God to take note of this and understand what it means. What interests me, is that they come from a foreign land. There's no mention that I can see anywhere in Scripture that suggests that even anybody near Bethlehem noticed this star. I I, I haven't seen it. Maybe somebody did. You would think somebody would get curious, right? But they certainly took note of this and they were on a mission to find this new king and to worship him. They sought to bring honor and reverence to him. Now, the reason that they thought that this star, that they were convinced that this star announced the birth of a Messiah king, is actually found way back in Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 24. There's a character here uh, named Balaam. And you may have heard of a term called Balaam's heir or Balaam's donkey. Uh, this is, you've got to go back and read this passage about Balaam. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal, it's great. And uh, Balaam is a prophet, and there's a whole account here about a, a, a donkey that God uses to uh, snap Balaam to. And I'm not going to ruin the story for you. You've got to read it. I'm just telling you, you have to go read it. Alright, so that's in Numbers. Now we're just going to look at something that God announces through Balaam here in verse 17. It says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Now, Jacob and uh, the the name Jacob and Israel um, they get they get used as just a a, a name um, that is sometimes applied to God's chosen people, and is sometimes applied directly to Jesus Himself. So, a a star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. Edom shall be dispossessed. Seir also, his enemies, shall be dispossessed. Israel is doing valiantly. And one from Jacob shall exercise dominion and destroy the survivors of cities. In other words, there's an announcement here that there is a ruler, a king coming out of the line of, of David, out of the chosen people of God who is going to rule, and, and it will be a divine appointment. Now the wise men have put together that, uh, and, and this is why I believe that, that the Spirit of God is involved in their understanding of what's going on here, that they are understanding that this announcement of the star way back in Numbers here, generation upon generation upon generation previous to the birth of Christ that this star was speaking of him. And so when they see this star in the sky, they go looking for this king. Now, in Luke chapter 1, when the announcement is made to Mary herself, um, I believe we have it up here Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 31. I'm going to turn there just in case. Um, When the announcement is given here, it says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Um, Now, remember, back in Numbers, there's this announcement there's this king coming. There's this. There's this one coming out of Israel who's going to rule, and essentially those who stand against them, he's going to uh, 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 put down. And here, when the announcement's given to Mary, indeed Jesus is the one who will give, uh, who will be given the throne of David and reign over the house of Jacob forever. And then in Revelation chapter 22, in case we're thinking, wow, okay. Is that numbers? Is that really announcing the birth of Jesus? I mean, maybe it's talking about something else. Well, maybe we can take Jesus' words for it Himself. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Behold, He says, I am coming soon, bringing My recompense with Me to repay each one for what He has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to, to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates outside are the dogs the sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood i jesus have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches i am the root and the descendant of david the bright morning star Jesus himself connects himself to this uh, to this prophecy given through Balaam, announcing this star that's coming. And in John chapter one, in case we might think that is any of this lost on the disciples, and the Apostle John says opens his his gospel with this: "There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to bear witness about the light." That all might believe through him, he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so this playing off the star" announcement in numbers chapter 24, uh, numbers chapter 24 there speaks directly of Jesus. It speaks directly of, of the influence of, of light that he brings into the world, that there's this separation of truth and falsehood. There's an illumination of what is true and right and just. A setting, a setting straight of things. Um, a right judgment. And a leading of people from darkness into light. I mean, that's all kind of wrapping up in, in, into a, a ball there. And in fact, in John's Gospel in chapter 8, Jesus says... Uh, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The wise men followed the star in hopes of it leading them to the newly born King of the Jews. It um, wasn't the star they were seeking. It was what the star announced. And they wanted to worship Him Verse 3, Matthew chapter 2. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Uh, why was all of Jerusalem troubled? Well, I, I think part of the story on that is that whenever Herod was troubled, all of Jerusalem would be troubled. Um, he, he's, he's not a, uh, a, a real uh, gracious, grandfatherly Figure here, he's uh, he's a ruthless guy, and so uh, verse four. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born, and they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Uh, Herod is troubled about this announcement of a legitimate God-appointed king. It means he's losing his grip on the throne. It means that the illegitimacy of of his rule is about to be exposed. And this new king is going to be appointed Um, Later on, we're not going to read further into it, but later on in chapter 2, we find Herod responds by seeking to find this baby that is declared king of the Jews and kill him before there's any chance of him being found to be the new king of the Jews. Um, And you can read on in in Matthew chapter 2 about that. Verse 7, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you've found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Um, don't be fooled by Herod's words. His desire is to know where the baby is so that he can, he can destroy him. And... What I find interesting is the uh, another thing here is that we have one of the, there are four times in this passage this morning where we have mention of the star, his star, uh, verse seven the star, uh, verse nine the star, verse ten the star. Um, the star plays a prominent role in this passage. They the the wise men sought the promised Messiah King and they followed the sign. The sign here is the star they understood the sign pointed to something uh, important. They understood by the connection of the passage, Old Testament passage and the wisdom that God is imparting to them and the star that, that this was an announcement of the Messiah King. And they are seeking Him and the star is the sign that's leading them. Now there's uh, today, no longer um, that I'm aware of, that star. like. I wouldn't know which star to point to if it's still there, to be quite honest with you. Um, but the truth is that uh, we no longer need a star to lead us to Jesus. Because I'll tell you what, what God has done. And we're going to talk about it here as we go continue on. God, God has taken those who believe in Him and essentially kind of set believers as the star for folks to follow to Jesus. You, church, believers in Jesus Christ, those who trust in Him as Savior and King and Lord, are the light of the world that leads to Him. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt the light of your good works done in obedience to Christ, done in faith and love for your Savior, they point people to Him. Just like the star would lead the wise men, those who sought the Messiah King would lead uh, them to Christ. So when you and I seek to walk in obedience to Him, our light shines, a light that doesn't come from ourselves, but comes from him working in and through us, a light that points to him, the way that you handle conflict, the way that you handle uh, opportunities for personal gain at, at, the, uh, at the expense of others, uh, the way that you handle a neighbor who's in need. Um, the way that you handle everything in life and the decisions you make when it's done in obedience and faith in, to Christ, it, it is a light that shines brightly that's like the star that the wise men followed that leads to Christ. I'm going to double back to that in just a moment, but we'll continue on here. Verse uh, 9 After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I would love to just be like a fly on a camel's back through this thing. To take in what the wise men were seeing. I I mean... Like you and I, when we go out and stargaze, you could you can walk a long distance and those stars don't seem to get any closer. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but here they they as they drew near, the star was like right there. The star um, showed them the place where the child was. Verse uh, verse eleven. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. The gifts that they brought to lay at the feet of the baby, the child, Jesus, were gifts worthy of a king. Um. You know, one of the interesting things here is the beginning of Matthew, this announcement of the coming of the King. You know, this Matthew, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, doubles back around to this at the end of his Gospel. Matthew chapter 27, verse 11. As Jesus is brought before Pilate, before His crucifixion, says now Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him are you the king of the Jews Jesus said you have said so then later on in verse 37 of that same chapter it says and over his head this was after Jesus has been hung on the cross and over his head they put the charge against him what was the charge it read, "This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. The King has been announced. The King has come, and the wise men have shown up to worship him, and they've brought him gifts that are fit for a king." And the you know the the, the song about the drummer boy there about uh, you know I don't have I don't have anything to bring really. Except my my drum just a poor boy Um, do you know the gift that god looks for that's fit for a king the gold frankincense and myrrh were not not the best part of the gift that the wise men brought but their worship their reverence their awe their honor their submission to him That's the priceless gift that the Lord is searching for. Those who would come to Him, seeking Him, honoring Him, revering Him, in awe of Him. In the last verse that we're going to look at there, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Um, God gave them warning that Herod's intentions with this child were not pure at all but evil ones and so he redirected them Church the the Lord announced the arrival of the birth of the savior your savior my savior with a star He brought together a group of in, of, of people that are like Some of the most unlikely people to announce the birth of the king of the Jews. Some shepherds, uh, a widow, Anna, the prophetess, uh, and some foreigners all show up as part of the announcement of the birth of the Savior. This light has come into the world, not just for the Jews, but for everyone that everyone who calls on Him will be saved. Jesus said in John chapter 9, verse 5, um, remember in chapter 8, He said that He is the light of the world. In chapter 9, He says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, that's a curious thing. Wait a minute, I thought you are the light of the world. Well, He is. He remains the light of the world, but it looks a little different. Remember, He came to earth. uh, The Lord became flesh and dwelt among us. He he gave His life for you and I on the cross. He was buried in the tomb and three days later rose again and then ascended into heaven. And He no longer is in the flesh here with us, but in spirit with each one of us in each one of us. Working through us. And Jesus says, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Now who is the light of the world? It's you and I who walk in likeness to Him, who desire to know Him more and more, who trust in Him, who have been forgiven by Him, who are a part of His family now through His sacrifice. We are the ones who carry the light of Jesus Christ into the world to lead others to Him. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Paul writes to the Philippians. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. God has chosen you to be the light to display His glorious promise of salvation for everyone who seeks a Savior and forgiveness. There are sinners everywhere looking for a Savior. You and I were one of them. And perhaps you now are as you sit here A sinner who knows you deserve God's judgment and seeking a Savior who will forgive you. You and I as we live our lives in faith to Him are the lights, the stars, if you will, that point people to where the Savior can be found. And He can be found to everyone who is seeking Him today. Everyone who seeks forgiveness from God. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one that you seek after. And everyone who seeks his forgiveness will receive it. That is his promise. And so let us believers be diligent to live as the lights of God in this world to point people to Jesus. Like the drummer boy, we really don't have much to offer them, but we know the one that holds everything. The power to save the power to forgive, the power to restore, the power of eternal life. And let us point people to Him. And if you today find yourself in the place where you are a sinner seeking a Savior, you know your sin is great. You know you deserve God's judgment. You can feel the weight of that nagging at you every day that you wake up. And every night as you go to sleep, the weight of God's judgment that's coming. And know that God has sent a Savior who died in your place, that if you will believe in Him, you will have forgiveness and everlasting life. Give your life to Him today and let Him be your Savior and Lord and fill you with His joy, His peace, His love and newness of life. Let this be a new Christmas where you celebrate Him not from afar but near. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank You for all that You have done for us on the cross. We thank You that You were willing to take such a humble place in this world to come into it as a baby. Lord, to be in such a vulnerable place. And Lord, to take on humanity. To live like us. To know um, the daily struggles that we know to know the depths of temptation, even beyond what we have had to bear. Lord, to know suffering in this world at even a greater depth than we will ever experience. Lord, that you have come for us, to rescue us, to redeem us, to restore us, to bring us home. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be your lights, to remain here in our time upon this earth to be your light, to point the way to a Savior for those who are still without one, for those who are still under the burden of their own sin. Lord, so may the gospel message be ever on our lips and may may it be lived out through our lives. May you be honored and glorified through us Lord, we thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, we've been spending some time previous to uh, kind of breaking uh, for the, the story of the birth of Christ, we've been going through Exodus, and we haven't gotten to this passage yet, but uh, it turns out that Moses has to go back and get a second copy of the tablets um, you know, we'll, we'll get into why that is. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to mention to you was what happened when Moses came back to the people. He's, it says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Now, uh, this just fascinates me because Moses, having been in the presence of God, leaves the presence of God and is still reflecting the glory of God. Um, You know, as we look up in the night sky and we see the moon, it reflects the light of our sun. That is the way in which we are lights in this world. We are not the light in and of ourselves, but we reflect the light and glory of our Savior Jesus Christ to all around us. So let your light shine, church. God bless you and Merry Christmas.